0: Hello everyone, this is Speaking Up with Andrew Pledger and this podcast allows people to share their stories of abuse and religious trauma in various religions and cults. Some guests come on the show to discuss specific topics to educate and bring awareness. Discussions will range from purity culture, mental health, religious trauma, Christian culture, deconstruction, spirituality, And much more. Now let's get into this episode of Speaking Up with Andrew Pledger. Hello, everyone. I am so, so happy to have Sydney Davis Jr. Jr. on the show today. Thank you. Oh gosh, like ah, for people listening, I was recently on her podcast, Growing Up Fundy. And if you're not listening to it, what are you even doing? Go listen to it. Are you even living? (laughs) (laughs) Like, please go go listen (laughs) to her podcast, Growing Up Fundy and just for a little background of sydney so she has been performing stand-up comedy and storytelling for 15 years and like i said she's the host of growing up fundy and she is a faculty member of second city training center and third coast comedy club and her comedy special trash is currently on amazon prime and she lives in nashville And I'm really excited to have Sydney on the show because I'm so excited to hear her background of fundamentalism. And it's just so fascinating to me also that you're a comedian and I love it. (laughs) Love it. So of course, thank you so much for coming on the show today.
1: Of course. Thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to this. You're like, I feel like you're my kindred spirit.
0: Oh, thank you. That is so, so sweet. Oh my gosh. Yes. And like, I felt so connected to you when we did that interview and like, you are such a great podcast host and I love thank your you. podcast. So. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> this this whole episode is just big promo for your podcast. So. <laughs> this
1: whole this whole podcast is, uh, no, you're the best. No, you're the best. No, you. no, you. No, you. No, you.
0: That's great. <laughs> yes. So tell me about your childhood regarding religion and what that was like
1: yeah so i like to tell people that i grew up fundy adjacent where like my household was considered more on the liberal side in terms of other baptist christians and other evangelical and fundamentalist christians um But I still went to church with a lot of people who were very, very funny. I went to church with the Duggars for a while from 19 Kids and Counting. Yeah, like I grew up with them. Yeah, I had the same piano teacher and everything. Are you shitting me? Oh my God. I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. Yeah, that's, that's literally why I started my podcast because I was telling somebody a story about something funny that happened with the Duggars once and they were like, have you told anyone this like this needs to be somewhere um and i tell people that's my claim to fame like the day i die it's going to say like on my headstone is like i knew the duckers growing up yeah 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 so yeah and so even when i was growing up i remember thinking they were a little strange they were a little and i didn't think like oh they're religious strange i just remember being like oh their mom thinks that god wants to see them in like long dresses and and they had a lot of kids there weren't nearly as many at the time this was like the 90s but i remember thinking like oh that makes sense they make all their clothes and we would see them at aldi right because at the time like aldi is where you bought all the bulk food you know um but i do remember that there were like levels of religious people and that we were not the kind of cuckoo ones right we were not the the kind of like huh scratch your head when you see them and I do remember also that like uh, my punishments were not nearly as bad as a lot of my friends from church's punishments when they did things or like I would do something and they would see me do it and be like oh well I would never do that like that's you know and we were first second third fourth graders you know Mm -hmm. and I could already sense that there was a difference in the way that my house was run and the way that their house was run. Even though we went to the same church, we were at the same Bible, we were in the same Awanas. I just remember being a little bit different. Right. And I say that now with like a shaved head and like multiple parrots and a secondhand pit bull. I'm like, yeah, I was different. I was weird. Um, But. <gasps>
0: oh my God. Yes.
1: <laughs> but, but I remember like, uh, for example, I remember I was sitting in church one day and the pastor was preaching about how women should not preach. And he was saying, you know, women should sit at the foot of their husbands and they should, you know, the man is the head Mm -hmm. of the household and it's not her job to lead somebody to the Lord. That's his job. And she should support him in this. And I grew up with a single mom. My dad died when I was, uh, the, actually the week after my first birthday.
0: Wow. I'm so sorry.
1: and It's okay. But, um, I remember growing up at a very, what I now know is feminist household. So like you do not need a man. You're going to do your own laundry. You're going to learn how to scramble an egg before you're in high school, you know? And I remember like thinking, there's no way my mom believes that, right? Like, that's weird. And so I asked her, um, I don't remember if it was on the way home from church or when we were already home. I remember asking her, I said, you know, when the, when the pastor said that, is that true? Like, do are women not allowed to talk about Jesus and God? And are we not supposed to invite people to church? <laughs> and she was like, you know how sometimes when we're hanging out at nanny's house, my grandma, and one of your uncles says something just out, outlandish, right? They say something rude or they say something that like, you know, that you're not supposed to say. And because we love them as a person, we just kind of let them say it, but we know in our hearts that that's kind of like crazy a little bit. She's like, sometimes that's how church works. She's like, sometimes some people are so, they read the Bible and they get something so totally different than you get, but you love them and you care about them as a person, but you know that you secretly don't really believe it. That's kind of, she's like, so uh, let me ask you this do you think that if you invited somebody to church and you got them excited about Jesus and they made it to heaven, that he would reject them? Or do you think he would let them in? And I said, well, I think he would let them in. And she goes, I think he would let them in too. She's like, so if you like telling people about Jesus and bringing people to church and you think that they would get into heaven, I think God would let that happen. If that's what makes you happy. And that's what makes you follow the Lord. She's like, Some people don't think that, but if you think in your heart and your relationship with Jesus that he would let that person in, then keep doing what you're doing. She's like, the worst thing is that you're excited about Jesus and telling people about him. And at the time I was like, oh, cool. Now I'm like, holy shit. Like, Mm -hmm. wow. Like, wow. Yeah. Like now I look back on that lesson at the age that she was at the time when she said it and I'm like, whoa, that like, that was a heavy question from a kid.
0: Yeah, but then I'm also
1: like, why did you take me back to that church? <laughs> like, why would you take me back there? <laughs> why would you do that? Why wouldn't you find? An- why didn't we go to a new church after that? But so that was kind of my experience was, uh, and in now that I look back, we were still very religious. Like my mom still prays all the time. She still says, you know, when you're having a tough time, she still says things like, "Well, it sounds like you need to get back in church." Like, how long has it been since you've been in church? You uh... know. But in terms of the other people I know who are religious, she still considered. liberal if that makes sense
0: Hmm. i see i see wow okay so what so you definitely dug a lot into like the patriarchy and the sexism in that environment so in addition to that like tell me what were the other services or were like like i'm assuming they were very like they definitely lead is spreading the gospel so anyone who doesn't accept the gospel is going to hell so is some yes. is that something they, they emphasize that a lot yes
1: yes and i remember there, a lot of it is hindsight so like at the time when you mm-hmm. grow up and you're told like girls just shouldn't show places they don't want boys to look at you're like i guess that makes sense you know as an adult you're like no the Bible literally says you should gouge your eyes out. You know, like yes. Me. Like now, ironically, now that I've actually read the Bible, I'm like, wait a second, wait a second. Um, but you know, at the time when a grown up at your church tells you, you know, you should act a certain way, and God wants you to be a certain way, and something is a sin even if it seems like fun, you believe them, and then you just hope secretly in your heart that like God will forgive you. You know, because so much of it is about forgiveness, and. The purity culture had a huge impact on me in terms of like guilt and behaviors and things that I thought about myself and about people that I knew and things that I used to just say well and so um yeah I I remember there there was definitely a lot of what you know what we now know is misogyny and and patriarchal ideas but at the time that's just how it was that just God is the father and he says these things and he says don't dress like this and he says you know don't have sex before you're married and he says you know so many different things and as a kid you're just like Ugh, like okay fine but you you respond that way to everything so it doesn't really seem that much different than all the other rules that you think are bullshit but the older that you get and the more they really start to dive into the actual bible not the the kids version it starts to really impact you in terms of like guilt and questions. And you start to wonder, like, am I just messed up? Like, am I just, because for example, um, and feel free to interrupt. I can just, I can keep talking all day long. Feel free to interrupt at any point.
0: <laughs> no, no. I love it. Keep going. I love this is going.
1: Um, For example, in my experience with the Baptist church, one of the biggest lessons that I remember that they would teach you from dawn till dusk from childhood to adulthood is that if you the devil will make you question your belief in god And not only will he make you question your belief in God, he'll make it look real good. And they always talk about like when you're in high school and they're at parties and all the cool kids are doing drugs, you know, that's the devil, you know, like when, when stuff looks real fun, like when, when your friend is listening to that new nasty rap song that, but it looks like a lot of fun, you're going to want to do it too. But then like the older you get, the more kind of sinister it gets. Like if you question God's existence, that's the devil if you question what the Bible says, that's the devil. So don't lean into the devil's temptation. You know, it starts out kind of funny, like, oh, don't steal the gum from the store. That's the devil. To like, if you question anything that we tell you, you're letting the devil in. And, you know, may God have mercy on your soul. Um, So as an adult, when stuff starts to not really make sense and when stuff starts to not really add up, You're like, oh shit, that's the devil. There he is. This is what they always warned me about. I'm falling for it. And I feel like a lot of people that I talk to who have deconstructed entirely into atheism and agnosticism, like I have, um, they hang on to religion desperately. And I was one of those people, you hang on for yes. years because you're like, no, no, no. Like, he's not going to take me. He's not going to drag me to hell. No, like, I'm going to keep going to church. I almost feel like I got more religious in my mid-20s because I was so afraid to not be religious. Like, I mm-hmm. didn't go to church at all when I was, you know, in college and high school. I didn't do any of that. But the as I started to, like, really think about it and recognize that I didn't believe it or that it was confusing that's when i started to just double down that's when i became that like insufferable holier than thou like going to church all the time talking about god like posting bible verses on my instagram every day and being like blessed be um (laughs) and and while outwardly you're like oh what an insufferable bitch inwardly you're like i was terrified i was scared i know what you mean. i knew it was slipping away and it just translated into if i can pretend to be the most religious person i know and the most pious person i know um they like the devil won't catch me <laughs> like he won't find me he won't know where i'm at right
0: uh yeah and like really as you were talking about going through this it really makes me see how It's really mind control and indoctrination. They are literally controlling your thoughts.
1: Literally. Yeah. And I try to tell people who, because I have a few people who in my life who grew up atheists, they were never religious. They don't really understand. I try to tell them people, like the people that are indoctrinating us, they on From that side, they look evil. They look like these evil, like, ooh, I'm gonna get you, little kid. But they, truly believe what they are saying. Mm. They truly believe. And that's
0: the tragic part.
1: Exactly. They genuinely believe that they are trying their hardest to save you from the bowels Mm. of hell. It keeps them up at night if they care about you thinking you're going to hell. And if they Mm -hmm. don't work hard enough, it's basically going to be their fault that they couldn't save you. And that's, I think, the part that gets lost when people... Ta- when people like laugh and joke about like evangelicals and fundamentalists like yes there are some that i think are just salesmen like a lot of these mega church mm-hmm. pastors i don't think they believe a word of what they're saying <laughs> i think they i think they caught on long ago and they're just enjoying all the money and they're just yeah. people mm-hmm. but like you're you're like racist auntie you know who like keeps telling you like don't be gay you know she genuinely thinks Mm-hmm. she she cares about you so much that she yeah. genuinely wants to see you in mm-hmm. heaven with her and she thinks that that's going to keep you from being there
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that's like so I as a in my mid-20s and late 20s I was very angry about having been like fooled you know I was very mm. angry about having been brainwashed I was very yeah. angry about like having been um having having been to made having been made to feel so bad about yeah. myself and my decisions because of religion but now that I'm like older and, and I've done some psychedelics and I've <laughs> seen a couple therapists I recognize like though as as fucked up as it all was they legitimately thought they were doing the best thing for me they truly did Sure, there are some people out there who, you know, are selfish. They're doing it for heaven points, whatever. But, like, they legitimately believed what they were doing and what they were saying. Yeah, they were also uppity pieces of shit at the same time. They thought they were legitimately better than me, too. But,
0: like... <laughs> Ooh, okay.
1: Right. But at the same time, like, the people who put the most pressure on me truly thought that they were doing what the Lord was telling them to do. And like, they were genuinely perplexed how I went so far astray and they love me and they want to bring me back and they, they don't know what else to do, you know?
0: Mm. Oh, wow. Cause like, mm. cause I know what you mean. And like, for me, this has been the hardest part of my healing journey is because for for a good amount of time seeing my parents as like terrible awful people that was hard to let go because I think because when you admit that they love and they care about you that opens up vulnerability
1: Mm yeah so much of that absolutely it's so hard yeah and the tough part is When, um, and by the way, when I was talking about uppity piece of shit, I was not including my mom in that group. (laughs) My mom is not an uppity piece of shit. Just in case, just listening, I can feel her beating my ass from all the way over here. Oh my God. Um, uh, And also the tougher part is when you see the church do well for people, certain Mm. people. um, And those are also the people that turn around and want to spread that same. uh, So for example, my mom grew up very, very poor. And I know that the church was a lot of times literally the the reason they were able to eat, bathe, you know, the church helped them survive. So, of course, when you're a grown-up, you want to pay it forward. You know, of course, when you're a grown-up, you're like, yeah, like the church is a wonderful place. The church saved me. But at the same time, Evil people do good things, right? Ted Bundy worked at a, a suicide hotline, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure at one point, Adolf Hitler did something nice for somebody, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and I'm not saying everybody who's involved in church is either of those people. But when the most evil people that we know of can also do good things, then the regular tier evil people that we know can also do good things, right? Even mm-hmm. easier for them. Yeah. Yeah those two things can be true yeah i I
0: love this because we're we're digging into it's showing deconstructing that black and white thinking of two things can be true two things can can coexist
1: they can and some of the best people i know to date in my life are religious people who go to church all the time And some of the worst people I've ever met in my life are religious people who go to church all the time. And I don't think that belief in God is the problem. I think organized religion is the problem. Because if you'll notice, God doesn't really have a lot to do with a lot of these rules, right? Mm. Like a lot of these rules are not from God. They're from people taking the Bible, which they'll admit was written by human men, And spinning it to make it whatever they want it to be. But a lot of that isn't actually God. It's people being like, well, I know God personally. And what he would want you to do right now is he would want you to. You know what I mean? Like, Why
0: does that sound exactly like some white Christian girl would
1: say? (laughs) Like, hello, my Instagram followers. The Lord came to me today. And he told me that you should check out my link tree. Um, (laughs) He told me that I should have a beige aesthetic. So therefore, <laughs> uh, but like, I, I tell people that all the time, because when you tell somebody you're an atheist, they immediately think that you hate God. And that is not the case at all. One, I don't think he's real. So I don't hate him. But you, know, you can't hate somebody you don't think exists. But even if he even if he was a real dude, even if he came down and he was like, mm-hmm. I am real, you know, I'd shit myself first, but then right. I'd be like, religion is the problem right mm-hmm. religion is what tells people to stone yeah. their daughters to death when they are uh when they lose their virginity before marriage religion is what tells people you need to dress a certain way like religion is what tells people purity culture like that's all organized religion right and while a lot of these things people say god said this god said that it's religion and it's what people think god said it's the game mm-hmm. of telephone i know again I don't think god's real so i don't think god ever said anything so Mm -hmm. it's even easier for me to be like he didn't say that
0: yeah so do you think and this is a thing that's been hard for me is recognizing there are harmful things and there are helpful things in the bible do you do you see it that way too or i do
1: um i like to call the ten commandments a decent advice right (laughs) like like if you if you talk to a christian and an atheist it might take a while to get there, but eventually you'll get to a point where we're both agreeing about a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. right? Like, okay, so we both agree that you shouldn't murder somebody. Great. We both agree that you should not cover uh, co- cover, cover your neighbor's wife. Great. I'm not going to sleep with my neighbor's wife. You're not going, okay, great. Um, if, you're, if your parents aren't shitty people, you should probably honor your father and your mother, right? Okay. Deci- that's just decent advice. And if you'll look, those same rules were illegal in a lot of cultures that had nothing to do with Christianity. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. They like so many cultures throughout history believed the same thing. Like you weren't supposed to kill each other. You weren't, but it I think that is evolutionary survival. Mm-hmm. A lot of what we call morals are evolutionary traits in a human being that say, Hey, if you do that, there's gonna be a lot less of us, and that's a problem, right? Or if you do that, that's going to impact our survival as a species. Mm-hmm. And we don't want a lot of us running around doing that because it'll really harm our ability to form a pack or a society, right, as we mm-hmm. got more developed. And so I, uh, I'm trying I'm trying to spin this back to you. So in the Bible, there is a lot of decent advice. And very much like Aesop's fables, there are a lot of stories in the Bible that I don't think ever happened, but I get the message. I understand mm-hmm. the idea behind what they're trying to say. Um but you you don't need the bible to be moral. You don't need to buy the bible to be a good person. You know, it, especially with all the examples we have where the bible make people bad people like and again, that's religion doing that, right? Religion is what makes people turn certain mm-hmm. ways or take certain beliefs or claim certain things are the way god wants you to live. But if i can be an atheist and i have never murdered anyone, and I've never stolen anything to my knowledge. Um, Mm -hmm. I've never done any of the things that the Bible says are like the big, big, nasty, ugly sins. I don't want to do those things either, right? Mm -hmm. The seven deadly sins. I don't want to do those things either. Those don't sound Mm -hmm. appealing to me, but it has nothing to do with God is watching me, and everything to do with one. I'm just lazy. Like there's just a lot of things I'm just not gonna do. Like it's just like honestly, it is so easy to not be a shitty person. Like most of the time. Um,
0: I know. <laughs> tell that to all the fun cheese, honey. But,
1: but like, also, yeah. I I just don't want to do that stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and and I think a lot of that, like I said before, I think a lot of that is like the Mayans also didn't want to do that. A lot of that stuff, right? The Mayans believed in a lot of things. Very Now they killed people all the time, but they're sorry about it. Right. And I'm sure the sun, God forgave them. Like, and, and, and honestly, like their religion actually makes a lot more sense than our religion, right? They're like, Oh no, the corn is dying. I don't know. What if we kill that guy? They kill that guy. The sun comes back up the next day and it rains. They're like, Holy shit. I guess we got to keep killing people. Right. At least that makes sense why they would (laughs) think that if they're like, what if the sun doesn't come back if we don't pull this guy's heart out? Oh, no, the sun's gone. It's been gone for a while. It's been gone for like five hours. And they're like, I don't know, cut this guy's heart out. The (laughs) sun comes back. They're like, wow, let's keep (laughs) it. It makes sense. Right. It makes a lot more sense than Christian religion
0: they're like correlation means causation definitely right, right.
1: like that's like to, that's more scientific than anything <laughs> the christian Bible, like the reasoning is there there's no reasoning in the christian bible at least they have reasoning it's bad reasoning and i disagree with it and i wish they didn't do that because they'd probably still be here maybe i don't know the spanish still came so they probably wouldn't still be here but i think there's a lot of just regular old decent advice that the bible gets a lot of credit for that it doesn't deserve and god gets a lot of credit for that he doesn't deserve right at no point in history was killing other human beings going to be mutually beneficial for us
0: Mm -hmm. yeah right
1: and so Mm -hmm. and even in the bible they're like oh except war then you can kill people which has (laughs) been a thing even with non-christian countries oh you
0: know yes like that's yes
1: then countries who are like what's the bible never heard of it they're still killing other people they don't disagree they don't agree with you know so that's not even the bible you can't even say like that's biblical because it's Mm -hmm. like they didn't even know about it and they still Mm. figured it out they're like oh it's easier to live when my neighbor isn't there like like it's it's easier to live when that other fucking annoying tribe down the street who won't quit singing is gone let's get rid of them right i don't know
0: (laughs) Yeah. And so kind of it's interesting what you're saying how you know a lot of it, these teachings or these principles, they've been in other cultures. Like you're just out of evolution adapting and just, I don't know, common sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely.
0: And how you're saying they're like some of these things, yeah, naturally, yeah, I'm not gonna wanna do these things. I don't need the Bible to be moral. And I'm not going to go into on to a long rabbit hole but it was funny to me because when you said that i thought of this memory of when i was at christian college and i was starting to truly express what i really didn't believe or wasn't believing anymore to someone at this school and they were i didn't know this person too well but they were shocked and so disappointed (laughs) I was just zero fucks anymore and they were like you know what andrew they're like you are gonna burn in hell for eternity and you know once you did one sin you might as well have committed them all because if you commit one sin you've already like you know you've already disobeyed god you and i can't remember if there's a bible verse for it but like if you break one law you've broken all of them basically and so this person was like, well, they're like, you know what, Andrew, just go rape and murder people because you're going to go to hell anyways. Does it matter what you do go out into the world? Have all, I mean, I was just like,
1: that's when you there. pull out a gun and you're like you first, <laughs> yeah, <I was> just-
0: <laughs> give me your phone,
1: <laughs> give me your wallet.
0: Bend over. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, like I'm, okay. Like I'll start now, I guess. <laughs> like, I You told like, me to.
0: I was like sitting there and I was just like, oh my goodness I was just so unhinged this person that just totally like I will pray for you I will be praying for you and I can't remember all the shit that I think oh yeah what I did was I was like hey I'm like there's so much violence in the like the old testament that God commands like he doesn't even follow his own rules so
1: yeah yeah I I love (laughs) I love asking people who are like fundamentalists, I love asking them, okay, so we had the old Testament, right? they're like, yes. And I'm like, so what's with the new Testament? And they're like, well, it's God, like basically renewing the rules, like kind of going back Mm -hmm. and looking at the rules and saying like things have changed. Times have changed. Society has changed. Rules have changed. And I'm like, why can't we make a third version? And they're like, well, that's just not how that works. And I'm like, well, apparently it does. I was like, so if, The rules have changed and society has changed and his original laws didn't quite fit with the way the world was going. Why can't we make a third book? That seems logical to me that we would Mm -hmm. like, you're going to tell me he doesn't have, he doesn't have any rules about Twitter. You're going to tell me God doesn't have any rules about how you should behave on Twitter. I think Mm -hmm. he does. I think he, I think he'd have a lot to say about what we're doing on the internet. Like why why is it that it makes sense to people that we would have the first one? We'd have the mm-hmm. Old Testament, we have the New Testament, but we're not allowed to have a Third Testament. Why? Yeah. Like, who is it to determine that we are no longer fit? Why is it that like 2000 years ago, people who didn't even know what glasses were, were allowed to like set the rules for eternity and mm. people who have like science and engineering and the internet and like outreach and knowledge aren't allowed to go back and revise anything.
0: And the thing is, they're mentioning that is people have fucked around with the Bible. <laughs> like, <laughs> let me tell you, like they have to push There's their own so many versions. Yeah, so many different versions of the Bible. And again, like you were saying earlier of how. And it's always annoying to me when a when a Christian does it in this context of when you. Come out and they're like, oh, well, the church did that, or oh, that's just strict religion. God didn't do that. And usually when in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, God doesn't seem to do a lot of things. <laughs> so
1: yeah, I can think of a few things. I got a list. <laughs> well, and and I want to clarify that I do not hate religious people.
0: Mm-hmm. I do
1: not I, I don't spend all of my time making fun of Christians. I don't think there's anything funny about yeah. it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um where i have our problem is yeah. when somebody tells me because of their religion and their god that they can't prove israel they can never prove israel that i that i should either be punished or change my entire life to meet standards and their rules are harmful mentally physically emotionally to me um that's what i don't like Mm -hmm. it's like i know lots of people who are christians and they mind their own business and they're wonderful people and they live their life according to how they think they should live it due to the bible nothing wrong with that whatsoever Mm -hmm. but i would say the same exact thing if an atheist came in and was like get rid of that get rid of that stop doing that you're not gonna do this anymore i'm gonna write laws into this nation that stops religious people from being able to exercise Mm. their freedoms i'd have a problem with that too yeah same that's messed up -hmm. right yeah. Um, and so it's at the point where you are harming people or you are infringing on their rights and freedoms, mm-hmm. or you are causing them, you know, mental and emotional distress because of your God's rules. When you can't even mm-hmm. baseline, show me your God.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I feel like, like, at least let me meet the guy who's telling me my life is over. Right. As I know it, that I'm not allowed mm-hmm. to do any of this fun stuff anymore. Yeah. Um, and so, and I feel like that's a big, a common misconception when you tell somebody you're an atheist or like, "But bet you hate God. No, no. I have a lot of sympathy for mm-hmm. people who are religious because I know that they believe it. Yeah. I know that they truly believe it. I know that they truly pity me. I know that if they could have their way, I would wake up believing in God tomorrow. Right. Um. And so I don't, like, I don't find, you know, we laugh a lot, but I don't find joy in making fun of religious people. I love Mm -hmm. making fun of my religious background, and I love making fun of shitty people, but shitty people come in all forms, right? Yes, they Um, do. But as somebody who used to be that way... I remember how important it was. And I remember how shocked I was that there were people out here who could live with the word of God and they chose not to. Because I remember Mm -hmm. a lot of times in the Bible, you know, in church, we would ask like, what about the pygmies in Africa who've never heard of the Bible? Do they go to hell too? You know, like, what about them? And they would say, like, basically, if you had the chance to know God and you rejected it, you're going to hell. And so I would see these people existing every day who knew about it. They lived next to a church. They went to, you know, whatever. They went to church as a kid and now they're not going anymore. Whoa, they're going to get rejected. You know, God's going to reject them the way that they rejected him. Um, And it was scary. It was really scary. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm, Yes, yes. Like the the indoctrination is so, so deep. Mm -hmm. And even for me, like you know i consider myself like a spiritual but not religious person like i'm exploring what spirituality means yeah. to me and not what these dogmatic systems are trying to force right and really honestly like i guess you would say for me personally like i'm taking a secular approach yeah. to it because i'm like y'all don't get to have you don't get to have, like, the hold or be the gatekeeper of spiritual practices or spirituality. Right. <laughs> like, you can have your rules, have them, but, like, I can – no one's going to tell me, oh, you can't do this, or, you, oh, you have to believe this. you, Oh, you have to be a Christian to actually be spiritual. No, sorry.
1: No. Just like no. you don't have to be a Christian to be moral.
0: Yes. That's, like, a true. big one. They claim you yes. can't have morality
1: without God and without mm. religion, and I'm like, false.
0: Yeah. False. Yeah. Yes. And so I guess for you, as you continued in your journey, how did you deconstruct and get over your fear of hell or possibly being rejected?
1: Yeah. So I currently, I am in the most comfortable stage of atheism that I've ever been in, ever. And I still, every once in a while, will have a moment where I'm like, but what if it's true? <laughs> you know, like, like even now, even though I know, I like in my, in what I believe, belief to be, right? I know to myself that God is not real, that religion is not necessary, that the Bible is either good advice or just a bunch of stuff they wanted you to believe to be a part of their religion. But even then, I'm there's just that like inkling in the back of my brain that's like, but what if (laughs) like is the like is what I'm doing right now worth roasting on a spit forever? You know, every time there's turbulence on a plane, I pray. I pray to Mm. God. I'm like, please forgive me for my podcast and for everything else, even though I I don't think he's real. But that that ingrained pray for peace is still there. Like there is still a peaceful meditative aspect of praying. Like yes. when I'm praying and I think that the plane is going down, I don't actually think that God is hearing me. Mm-hmm. Luckily I was saved when I was nine. So I'm being forgiven if it was all true. And he has to stick to his word and he has to let me in anyway, <laughs> even though I've been like real shitty for the last like 20 years. Um, So there- there's that inkling in the back of my mind that is like, well, according to the rules I learned, if I asked for forgiveness right now, no matter how much I've done in, but in those years, he's still, he's still got to let me in. So I'm still just like, you know, grabbing that life jacket, even though I know there's like a giant hole in it. Um, so like, <laughs> so, so I, um, I'm sorry. What was your original question?
0: <laughs> Deconstructing yes. hell.
1: Yes. So um, I started, originally I started to have questions. So, I was in debate for a long time. That's how I paid my way through college. I was on a debate scholarship. And so, every weekend, I was demanding that people have proof, they have evidence, they have this, they have that, they have sources, they back up what they say. If they're going to make a claim, they have to refute it in front of me. And I'm allowed to um, cross examine them, and I'm allowed to pick it apart, and I'm allowed to ask them questions. So, why is it that at church, I'm not asking the same thing of anybody? Why is it at church? that it's all faith based it's all mm. faith you in fact it's kind of against the rules to ask for evidence cuz then that's the devil working on you actually you know mm. um and so that's when i started to have my questions but uh, like i told you earlier then you start to fear then you're like oh that's the devil this is exactly what they were warning me about they knew it would come and here it is you know mm. so i started to really question i was like it just doesn't make sense like it just doesn't make any sense and i remember telling god like God, I'm desperate for you to prove that you're real. I'm desperate. And I remember telling him, like, this is all, this example is all I need from you. And if you show me this thing, I will believe in you forever. And not only will I believe in you, but I will bring so many people to know you that, like, I, like, the rest of my life will be, d-. and it, and he didn't, and he wouldn't. And so I remember thinking, either God's not actually real. Or he is real, and he, and he's not a god that I want to follow because clearly mm-hmm. he sets rules that are impossible to follow, and he knows what sins I'm going to commit before I commit them, and he lets me do it anyway, even though he could stop me. But he knows that that sin is going to send me to hell. Like it it seemed like a really twisted like the movie mm-hmm. Saw basically. Like you want to play a game? It's your freaking life, mm. and I control it. And I could easily let you out, but I'm just not gonna. I'm just gonna see what happens, even though I know what happens because I set it up, you know. And so that's when I went through the whole grabbing onto church as hard as I possibly could because I wasn't going to be one of the, the people who failed the test. I wasn't going to be it, man. This is, they told me the test would be hard. I didn't know it'd be this hard though, but they told me it was going to be hard. So I can't say they didn't warn me. So I'm hanging on for dear life. And, um, and I, I, at the time I was dating a guy who was an atheist, um, but he was one of those annoying atheists who like think they're smarter than everybody else. Like he's mm. actually part of the reason I stayed religious for so long. Yeah. He, like he thought he was doing so much like, oh, like I'm disproving everything about. He was actually making it worse because he was, it's like trying to force somebody to come out. You know, you're going to like push them right back in same thing with any kind of identity. I feel like if you're trying to come out of Christianity and admit that you're deconstructing and maybe you're not religious, the more that somebody like makes fun of where you're coming from, the more you're going to like turtle back into your shell Mm -hmm. to the safety and the comfort of what you think, you know, um, And then, so I just had these questions rolling around and I was going to church more than ever. And like people on the comedy scene, like knew me as the Christian comedian, like I would perform and then I would go to church and they'd Mm -hmm. be like, Hey, you want to go out later? Oh no, Sydney's going to church. Like they were nice about it. Oddly enough, Mm -hmm. they were really nice about it. Um, people had a lot of questions though. They were like, Oh, okay. So like you believe in that? Oh, that's cool. Like they, I could tell they thought I was a little bit weird. Um, but they were super nice about it. They were super cool about it. They were Mm -hmm. very respectful of my boundaries. They would ask me questions about it. Um, But even as I was telling them about it, I didn't know that I believed it either. Mm. And I hadn't been struck by lightning. I hadn't seen the devil in my dreams. And so I was like, if this is the devil, then why do I feel so at peace when I'm exploring these other options? Like, why, if this is the devil, why am I not feeling like, uh, why is it that the only time I ever feel anger is when I think about the church? Like, if this is the devil, shouldn't I be, like, angry all the time? And shouldn't I be, like, reveling in my freedom? Like, I'm staying home and I'm reading books. I'm not doing lines of coke. You know, I'm not sleeping around. Um, And it just, like, I felt, like, the most at peace when I wasn't in church. Not, like not all the things they make you think the devil's going to make you feel. I felt at peace. I felt safe. I felt like the world made sense when I wasn't at church. And that just wasn't at all what I was told the devil would make me feel when he was like prying my fingers away from God. You know, if anything, I felt more upset and confused and betrayed by God for not doing the one thing that I like prayed prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed for. And so- Part of me was like, well, maybe that is the devil. Maybe the reason it's so hard is because he makes it so easy, you know, like, uh, which is an odd thing to say, but like, he makes it so easy to leave that it's difficult to stay. Right. Maybe that's what they meant. And then I did shrooms. And the first time I ever did shrooms, um, when you, have you ever smoked weed? <laughs>
0: Not smoked weed, but I've had uh, marijuana before. Been high, yeah. Oh so, yes, it was sky high. Like, oh yeah,
1: yeah. So, <laughs> so I don't, I don't know about your experience, but when I'm when I'm stoned, and like most people that I know, when we're stoned, and you think of a question, and you're like, "Fuck, that's deep," and you write it down, the next day it's the dumbest question you've ever read in your entire life. You're like, "This is the dumbest." Sh-. When I was on shrooms, what the only way that I can describe what happened is, I felt like there, I felt like there are three compartments in my brain, like here, here, and then here. And I felt like this back one opened for the first time in my entire life. And it came with thoughts and ideas and personality traits and a lot of questions. And I started asking myself these questions. And I remember thinking like, wow, these are really good questions. And I think I had secretly had those questions. But I think for the first time, my brain was like, no, you're going to look at this question. And I remember writing down the questions and like pondering the answers. And the next day, they were still really good questions. And they still poked a lot of holes in like, who I thought I was and what I thought I believed and what I thought I stood for both as a Christian and also socially and politically, there was a lot of stuff that I had to admit to myself, like, like, hun, you are not a Republican. <laughs> like you're not, I know you think you're supposed to be, but you're not. Um, which now looking back, I'm like, I can't believe I ever thought that. That's weird. But like, I tell people all the time, I ate the shrooms as a Christian Republican. And I woke up the next morning, a liberal Democrat atheist, like, <laughs> Like literally that is how that happened. Now I think, I think I had been like slowly on my way there, but like stifling it and like not letting myself think about it. Um, and I just couldn't ignore those questions. I just couldn't. Cause again, like the the debater in me was like, every time anyone says anything to me, I expect them to prove it, to have a source, to back it up, to know what they're talking about, to support it. You know, I can't be a hypocrite. I can't go around touting all this stuff that I can't prove that I've never seen that I've been praying to see for years. And my God won't even help me. He won't even, and you know, maybe that's because women aren't supposed to preach. I don't know, but like, he won't help. Like he won't do the one thing that I need. And that's like a minute speck of evidence. Right. Um, And I, I just couldn't look back. And so I remember one day, I, I did like a Sunday standup show and all the comedians were like, all right, we're going out. And I'm like, where are we going? And they're like, you don't got to go to church. And I was like, Nope. And they were like, okay, come on. <laughs> like, and I just didn't, I didn't go back. I didn't go back. Um, Because it was so fake. It was fake and it was phony. And even if the rules were the rules, I was liar and I was faking it and I was a fraud. And I didn't want to feel like that every week. Like, even if I'd failed the test, even if God was real, you know, at the now I'm very confident in my personal belief that he's not. But at the time, you know, I was still deconstructing. And I, like, even if God was real, I'm a fake and a phony. And I don't think he would want me representing him um, when I clearly am just not cut out to do so, if that makes sense.
0: Hmm yes and it's so fascinating to me how a trip on shrooms
1: it was wild I literally met myself that day wild wild um if you don't mind me like just talking a little bit about it God. and no this is not me telling people to do shrooms this is just me talking about my personal please
0: experience. talk about it I would love it
1: <laughs> so um they always tell you, you know, when I don't know who they are, but you hear um, yeah. Um, whenever you do shrooms, you got to be in a good mindset and you got to be with people that you trust that are going to take care of you while you're tripping on shrooms. Right. So I was with a friend and the plan was we were going to eat these shrooms. We were going to go see a movie. Then we were going to come back and we were just going to like vibe. Right. Um, And so I'm you got a micro dose. People make the mistake of eating way too many. Don't <laughs> don't do that. Um, so I ate them and he was like it should take like 45 minutes to kick in i didn't feel anything i was a little bit disappointed because i didn't i didn't know what i was supposed to feel i was ready for this like like this galactic experience and he's like well sorry that's a bummer i don't want to give you more because i'm afraid that's gonna like throw you over the edge maybe next time like i'll keep in mind how much i give you this time we'll try it again next time i'll give you a little bit more but i don't want to do that right now let's go see that movie cool so we get in an uber And I'm, and it's raining and it's nighttime. It's like nine o'clock at night and it's raining. It's just beautiful. It's in Chicago. And I'm looking out the window and I'm like, man, it is just like beautiful. Like, wow. Like this plant, like the colors were just brilliant. And like the black of the night was just so inky black. It was just like, all the colors were like, just so vibrant. And as we were, do you remember those car commercials where like the car drives by and there's like a streak of light after them?
0: oh my of. god so yes. like
1: that started happening and I uh-huh. was like wow that is just beautiful and I turned to my friend to mention how beautiful it is and he's like he's like and I'm like oh no and that's when I realized like I'm high like oh whoa like I didn't think I didn't even it didn't occur to me that it was kicking in I was just mm-hmm. like wow this is just gorgeous This is just wonderful like what oh, oh there it is um <laughs> And so then I went to see Hardcore Henry. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. I
0: have not.
1: So it's a movie that's made like a first-person shooter game. So like the whole oh time you see God. like his hands, you see where he's looking like you are Henry while you're watching this movie. Mm-hmm. Probably not a great choice when you're tripping on shrooms.
0: Probably not. It doesn't sound Probably like not. It.
1: <laughs> But before, so when we walked into the theater, the guy at the snack counter goes, y'all want some snacks? And I was like, no. And he goes, are you sure? (laughs) Like, like he could see my pupils. They were like huge. Um, yeah. And I was like, no, I'm good. (laughs) I'm good. And he's like, all right, let me know if you change mine. So I go into the bathroom and one of my favorite things about the trip on shrooms, um, other than, you know, the fact that it like changed me as a person is Mm -hmm. I, I, it's hard to explain, but I got to see what I look like to everybody else. Mm. And that was an invaluable experience. To this day, this was 10 years ago. And to this day, every time I start to have a day where I'm like feeling bad about myself or I'm feeling self-conscious or whatever, I remember what I looked like that day. And I'm like, for example, all the stuff that you fixate on, if you're like, oh, like this, oh, that, like, oh... It's not there. It, it was so strange. The first thing I noticed was I'm really short. Like I knew that I was short, but like seeing spatially, like how short I was, I was like, hot damn. Um, but like <laughs> you see what other people see. And most of us think that's a terrible idea, We're like, oh, I don't want to see that. You know, when yeah. your like camera like flips directions and you're like, oh god, no. Um
0: <laughs> yes.
1: But it was so awesome. And I I became very aware that everything I was thinking, everything I was doing was all up here this controls everything and my body is just the vessel that lets me do it and so I was like pep talking myself I was like dude like we're doing great like wow like what a team it was so weird like it totally separates you as a brain and you totally just feel like a brain and you realize that like your body just does what you want it to do but this isn't you this is you not this this is just the body that you got and so I was like you are doing great I appreciate you. We, we're we a team. We got this. Like, wow. Like, I trust you with the rest of my life. And I don't know how long I was in there, but my friend opens the door and he's like, uh, you coming out? He's like, you sound like you're talking to yourself. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, we're good. Right. <laughs> um, and so the rest of the night was just very much like thoughts, ideas, beautiful colors, beautiful experiences. Like the world was just an HD Um, And you just feel like every emotion in a good way, though, not like in a a roller coaster hysterical way. It's like for the first time, your brain like kind of lets go a little bit. And it's like, this is what it should feel like to be human for a while. Um, And that part of my brain never closed. I thought when I got sober, like the next day, that it would kind of like shut itself off and I'd have to like do shrooms to unlock it. It never closed. I changed as a person. I feel more intelligent. I feel like a better person. Um, I look back on who I was before then. And I am so grateful every single day that I had that experience because I'm so grateful for who I am today. Like, I feel like I am my favorite version of myself that I've ever been. And that doesn't necessarily mean I'm the best person. Like if people don't like Mm. me, that's totally fine. But like, I changed so much as a person that day. And I feel like that was the day that I, like, this is going to sound dramatic, but I feel like that was the day that I really started living. I really Really? started living that day. I remembered what I looked like. So I didn't think that I was like fat. I didn't think that I was ugly. I didn't think that I was stupid. I didn't think that I was like, I saw who I was that day in the mirror and I was like, that's cool. I like this version of Mm, me, you know? And, and it made me like really embrace my differences and it made me really embrace like, instead of thinking like, oh, I hate this about myself. It made me embrace like the quirky things about myself. Like I can, I, I, my hair was longer than it had ever been two weeks ago and I loved it and it was beautiful. I shaved it. It's fine. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. it'll grow back. If you had done this to me two years ago, I would have balled my eyes out. Right. Like I would have been like, this is the most traumatic thing that's ever happened to me. And if a stranger had done this to me last week, that would have been very traumatizing. Right. Mm -hmm. But like shave your head, who cares? Like who cares? Right. Like, so what? So people are like, this is going to grow back. I hope so. But if it doesn't, this is my life now. Right. Like it just really puts into perspective a lot of things. But one of the things it did for me personally, and I don't want to say that this is everybody's experience, but what it did for me personally was it told me you're not dumb. So stop acting like it. Stop believing stuff Mm. because people tell you you're supposed to. And that's not me calling Christians dumb. That's me saying I would have been an idiot if I would have put aside my need for evidence and and the things that I personally knew that I needed. Mm -hmm. I would have been an idiot if I put that aside and just continued living however everybody else told me to live. When I'd had this magnificent opportunity to finally see what I actually believed, my brain revealed itself to me. It was like, this is who you are. Stop pretending, stop lying be who you want to be. You might lose some friends. You might disappoint some people, but like, are those people that you really want to keep around you anyway, if they make you into somebody that you're not even happy being, you have to lie every day about who you are. And if you become the truest version of yourself, you might be surprised how many people actually don't leave you. You think one of the things they like to tell you in Christianity is everybody's going to leave you. If you sway from God, everybody's going to leave you. And I know a lot of people that that was the truth um, but I was also very surprised at how many people stuck by me when they found out that I was not religious anymore or admitted that they actually weren't either they just it was just easier for them to live their life to keep yeah. it like it, it wasn't exhausting for them to pretend and they didn't get struck by lightning either <laughs> right so yeah
0: well I mean thank you for sharing your experience with psychedelics is it's a topic that interests me so much. And I think is the future of mental health medicine
1: I truly think that. Yeah.
0: America needs to catch the fuck up. Like
1: right. Um I will say if you are gonna microdose Don't try and watch Hunchback of Notre Dame. It becomes a horror movie very fast. Very fast. That was the scariest movie I'd ever seen in my whole life. And it wasn't even (laughs) past the first song with the gesture singing about the bells of Notre Dame. Scariest shit I've ever seen in my life. Don't do it. But other than that, have a great time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Made a mistake. I thought because it was one of my favorite childhood movies, it would be a great shroom movie. Uh Oh,
0: you read that one. Nope.
1: (laughs) Don't do it. Don't do it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, so as you've got along in your deconstruction journey, and I feel like you know you have touched on this question, like lessons that you learned of like realizing your true confidence and really claiming your autonomy. Like really, in order to leave these environments, this is what I see people have to claim their autonomy, and they have to take control. Of their identity and who they want to be. And I think it's interesting as I've socialized with different people who've left religion, there are mixed feelings, I think, to leaving that environment because there's some people I talk to, they're like, you know what? They're like, it was so nice at times not to think. It was so nice to be giving all these answers, all this structure. But also, it stopped me from growing. It stopped yes. me from forming an identity. It stopped me from yes. becoming a whole person. And critical thinking, it's difficult. Becoming a person, forming your own identity is difficult. But I think anything that stops us from growing and reaching our full potential definitely needs to be questioned. Yes. And and I also, I love your approach so much to how you know you really don't want to just shit over all christians or any christians no at all and this approach of like doing what is best for you and again realizing you know do what you want don't infringe on my rights right i want to do and i love it love it so much and you know and for me as i've read more and more about religion a healthy approach to religion can actually be beneficial for a lot of people and the thing is though unfortunately these fundamentalist environments though they're so harmful it's and hard it,
1: to find a healthy approach to religion. It is. That's the problem. That it would is. be wonderful, but it's so yeah. difficult to come by.
0: It is. And it's like, again, like those two things can be true. I think there are healthy groups out there. I think they're harder to find. Um, yes, yes. But there are also religious environments harming so, so many people, right. so many people. And so what advice do you have for people who are stuck in these toxic religious high control environments who are questioning
1: right that's a great question um the first thing I'll say is the the thing that helped me heal the fastest because you know like you first you start questioning then you start really questioning then you get scared because you think that's the devil then you get angry because you realize you don't believe any of it and you've been brainwashed and you feel like so much of your life was wasted you know one of the things that I think that helped me heal the fastest was um, empathy for religious people,
0: mm.
1: um, which I never thought that I would say, Yeah. but the minute that I started to think, like we were talking about earlier, the minute I started to realize mm. they truly believe this, they yeah. truly believe this in their mind, there's always a chance around the corner that they are going to earn a spot in hell, no matter what, they're always looking over their shoulder And, and I think Christianity also, and most religions also formulate a like kind of spy mentality as well. Like not only are you so scared of what's going to happen to you, but you are also watching what everybody else is doing. Like, what are they doing with that whole, if I call somebody else out for doing that, nobody will notice that I'm doing it too, you know? Mm. And that comes from fear that comes from terror and they won't tell you that because i don't i don't think that somebody sits in a pew every sunday and just quakes to their bones but if they were dying they would be terrified they'd be, or if their loved one was dying terrified i so our the human brain does not allow you to think about your death because then you would just freak out Right. Mm-hmm. Like the minute you start thinking about your death, it's like, oh God, like you have a panic attack. Right. Because mm-hmm. that's like a survival instinct. Right. That's yes. like, a, that's, that's literal um, evolution, like kicking into gear. And it's like, oh, stop yeah. thinking about that. Don't do it. Which is why, which is a whole other topic we can go on, but which is why a lot of times people who do end their own lives have a mental illness. Their brain isn't working the way that it should be working, telling them, stop thinking about it, stop thinking about it. So they can't stop thinking about it. Right. And um, I think that when Christians do think about that sort of thing they freak out even if it's just for a second it's really scary they're Mm -hmm. freaking out because in their mind Mm -hmm. it's not death it's heaven or hell have i gone to heaven and even when i was my most about religious i questioned whether i was doing it right i was like how do i know that what they're telling me is the rules is not the same rule you know like jesus Mm. wasn't a baptist how do i know i'm doing it right you know yeah um so i think having First empathy for the people around you. I know yeah. that's hard. I know that's mm-hmm. so impossible, especially when you're still in the middle of it when yeah. you're still being forced to like play this role every day, there are things that people are doing that are horrible and they're mm-hmm. hurting you and they're hurting the people around you. they le- not not only do they legitimately believe that what they are doing is the right thing mm-hmm. but somebody is also hurting them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They are being hurt, yeah. People who truly believe that because you're gay, you're going to hell are also hurt by the idea that their loved ones who are gay are going to hell, right? Mm -hmm. People who believe that premarital sex is a mortal sin are devastated by the fact that they had premarital Mm -hmm. sex and they think about it all the time and they pray for forgiveness and they hope that their husband or their wife will still have them you know when they find out that they're not a virgin anymore like they obsess over those things and they think Mm -hmm. about those things and they suffer even though they wouldn't say that they wouldn't say they would because they genuinely don't think they are when you're out of it you realize how much time you spent like suffering um but the first thing i would say is make sure you're safe
0: Mm -hmm.
1: make sure you're safe it was easy for me to deconstruct because i was in a gigantic liberal city where fewer people went to church than didn't you know Mm -hmm. like that i I was the minority by going so it was safe for me to not go it was just safe for me to just i'm not going anymore but make sure you're safe make sure that you understand that you are not wrong in the way that you feel whether it's a personality trait whether it's a sexual identity whether it's a gender identity whether it's just that you are not a christian anymore that is not incorrect you cannot be incorrect about how you feel you can be incorrect about facts right um mm-hmm. like you know if, if you think like pizza's healthy for you eh, like we can talk about that right that's not a, that's, that's a fact um <laughs> which you know but um but if you're like i don't believe this anymore then you are correct. You don't Mm -hmm. believe this anymore. If you're like, I I am a homosexual or I think I'm bisexual or I think I'm trans or I think I'm Mm -hmm. like, I think I am a man in a woman's like, you are not wrong about any of that. Mm -hmm. So I think you should spend a lot of time, spend as much time as possible figuring out who you are. No rush. But dedicate yeah. a lot. Don't try to hide it. Don't try to stuff it down. Don't try to pretend that you're not. Admit to yourself, okay, something is going on here. Even if I don't know what it is right now, I'm going to privately explore that. Because unfortunately, a lot of people cannot safely publicly explore that. Um, mm-hmm. If you feel safe, publicly explore that. Go for it. Like, I'm not gay, but I feel like I would have been allowed to be in my house and be gay as mm-hmm. you know, as a teen or as a, as a 20-year-old. Um have empathy for the people who are hurting you.
0: Mm-hmm. You don't
1: have to continue to spend time with them. You don't have to yeah. forgive them. Um, forgiving and forgetting are also two totally different things. Yeah remove yourself from the situation the best that you can Mm
0: -hmm. uh,
1: to give yourself the space that you need to figure out what it is that you are you know Mm -hmm. and you might still be a christian you're just coming to terms with an identity of some sort you may still believe in god and want to go to heaven but be bisexual you know that like i believe those two things can be true um but you deserve to be whoever it is you are and you deserve time to figure that out. With If it's a belief, if it's a feeling, if it's any kind of expression you have, you deserve to feel that. Explore that, research that, and also don't feel pressured to be that way because, uh, so for example, I, I feel like I'm going all over the map here, but like, I I know of children who, because it is now so open, and, uh, and a lot of parents are so okay with them being trans. They actually think they're trans when they're not, right? They're just like, oh, I, I think I'm trans because my mom asked me if I feel like a boy today. I'm trans. Mm-hmm. Like y- when you're exploring an identity, you don't have to be the thing that you think you are right now. You can just explore that and see yeah. what that feels like. Maybe you're something totally different. You know, now we have words for things that didn't yeah. even have words 10 years ago, let alone knowing for sure what you are. Um, and then- do whatever it is you need to do to feel safe. Mm -hmm. Do you feel safe in your family's house? Great. I'm super happy for anybody who feels that way. Do you feel safer out of it? Do what it takes to get out of it. Do you feel safer outside of the state where you live because of the laws that it Mm. has? Take as much time as you need and do whatever you have to do to remove yourself from any situation where you find that you're lying about who you are. And- don't be afraid to break some rules, I guess, in the in in the the time being. I wouldn't break any laws if I were you, because so that's <laughs> not gonna end up well for you. But um you're not wrong about how you feel. You're not wrong for having premarital sex. You're not wrong for wearing a shirt that the church wouldn't have let you wear or a dress that the church wouldn't have You're not wrong for liking somebody who's the same gender as you. Like you're not wrong for any of that stuff. The way that you treat people once you find out who you are is what makes you right or wrong. So Mm. if you get out of that, that church or that life and you start to take your anger out on people who don't deserve it because you're hurt, that's not okay. And there are ways to figure out what it is that's hurting you and find out what you need to do about mm-hmm. that. Maybe you, you need to talk to somebody yeah. maybe. And and I know that comes from a place of privilege. Like, Oh, if you don't have insurance, you can't talk to somebody, web forums, websites. Like there are ways that you can explore. Like, why am I so angry? Why am I so confused? Taking it out on people who don't deserve it doesn't make you a whole lot better than the people who hurt you.
0: Mm-hmm. If that
1: makes sense. And yeah. so I guess my long way of saying, if you feel different than everyone else around you that's not wrong figure out why that is figure out who you are do it in the safest way that you can possibly do it do it in the least harmful way to anyone else and I don't mean don't hurt their feelings right because like if your parents don't want you to be gay they're gonna have their feelings hurt whether or not you're you know what I mean Mm -hmm. I mean like as long as you're not as long as you're not harming somebody else and how they view themselves and their ability to explore themselves and their ability to feel like they can kind of take time and space to figure out what they believe go for it and then Mm -hmm. once you've decided that do you stay do you go do you move do you you know stay local do you disappear forever do you like legally change your name um but at the end of the day if god is real I don't think God would want you to suffer constantly in his name. I think God would want you to explore anything that you have to explore to feel wonderful about yourself. And if you feel wonderful and you still believe in God, I actually think you're a more genuine Christian than people who are scared into being a Christian.
0: Mm, Belief,
1: if you are afraid to not do something, that's not belief. If you go and you explore yourself and you're like, I'm bisexual or I'm trans. And I, I'm so grateful to God that I was able to explore that side of myself. To me, that makes way more sense than somebody Mm. who's so scared to ask themselves questions because of God, that they're just going to pretend to keep believing in Christianity, right? Like I wouldn't want, that on anyone like I wouldn't want somebody to be dating me who is just afraid to not be dating me right I wouldn't want somebody to like be in my stand-up class who's just afraid to drop out of my stand-up class like no Mm -hmm. like do what you want be who you are um
0: yeah
1: but unfortunately also be safe because a lot of people don't have the um network or the safety net to be who they are out loud Mm. right away and they have to distance themselves first before they can openly kind of explore that side of themselves.
0: Oh, uh, thank you so much for well, sharing I hope that answered all your question. that. <laughs> no, it was a fantastic answer. And I just love how you recognized all the nuances of different people's situations, how you know, it's not black and white. People have it's to consider, not. they consider all of their options and their circumstances. Um, but thank you so much for coming on You're welcome Thanks i don't for want this me. of course i'm like pardon me, like i don't want this episode to end like we're doing this all night do it yes <laughs>
1: marathon people are listening they're like it's been five hours <laughs> Um, but no, I absolutely am going to invite you back on my podcast for sure. Like 100%. Like, Thank I already planned you. on that. I was just going I would
0: love to come back. I yeah, love like, it. And yeah, then we'll like, have you back on here again. yes like,
1: <laughs> Our podcasts are only episodes with each other from now on. Like, that's it. Yeah. Like, I remember during your episode on my podcast, we were like laughing during some of the most dramatic parts oh, we of were. the story. Yeah. We yeah. were like, oh, we're laughing, but this is fucked up. Like, but it's, we're laughing because we have the right. Um, yes. But yeah. I don't know. Again, I, I'm not trying to tell. This this episode was not sponsored by shrooms in any way. I'm not, in, I'm not telling people they need to do it to be better. Notice at that, that last point when I was giving advice, I did not say also do psychedelics. They're not for everybody. Um, but if you are, avoid Disney movies. Or at least Hunchback and Notre Dame. Scariest shit I've ever seen in my life.
0: And that is the lesson of this entire episode. <laughs>
1: That's the theme. That's the theme.
0: That's it. That's it. <laughs> but thank you so much to everyone listening and go follow sydney on social media go listen to your podcast it's linked in the show notes and thank you for listening to this episode of speaking up with andrew Pleasure. Thank you for listening to Speaking Up with Andrew Pledger. Your support is much appreciated. Please leave a review and share with friends and family. And if you can, please support me on Patreon, and the link is in my description. Thank you so much for listening to Speaking Up with Andrew Pledger.